Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by A Voice You Know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Hello and welcome to this edition of Around the Hearn. We've got an early week. Hoping that I can get two of these in, but just uh, things kind of been a little different. I've had uh, a lot going on, the baby front, and trying to get some of these in. You just kind of get them in when you can get them in. But uh, I'm excited for you to hear some interviews. I actually recorded the end of last week in a Buckeye Central's head coach in April Cable and a Napoleon's head coach in Corey Kreinbrake. I think uh, Friday actually did these. Each one of their teams ended up playing on Friday. Each one of their teams ended up with a win, and it was Napoleon who had maybe the biggest win of the group because uh, not only did Taylor Strzok break the all-time scoring record on Friday night, her team won their first ever Northern Lakes League Tournament Championship, the first one that they've had, but they end up beating Northview in that final. But for Taylor Strzok to break the all-time scoring record in Napoleon history, that says a lot because it's been there for a while, and it's got uh, a lot of uh, great names attached to it. You hear Coach Crime Break talk about that, and uh, we talk about Taylor a little bit. And speaking of breaking records, that's pretty much all last weekend was. Paige Gagne, now the all-time leading scorer in St. John's history. She surpassed the young lady I saw play in person a handful of times and got to know over the years in Rachel Pullman, who graduated in 2002. But uh, just congratulations to both of them and to Miller City's Natalie Koenig. I was there. She broke the uh, school's all-time scoring record with 31 points on a uh, free throw against Fort Jennings on a Friday night in the game that we did on uh, Z Sports Live and on WCOQ Radio. It actually sounded a little bit like this. Natalie Koenig at the line. 38 seconds needs it. And there it got is. it. 1,321 points for her career and a hug from her teammates of... Congratulations, young lady, the all-time leading scorer in the history of Miller City Girls basketball. So that's what that sounded like on Friday night. We were so happy to be able to do that game. She came in needing 31, got 31, beat Carol Lommers to move into uh, number 10 all-time in Putnam County history, also beat Bridget Landon. It's in that group, went from 12 to 10 on just a couple of free throws. But... Uh, a terrific performance for her. Miller City ends up with a win. They've got a, a lot to be uh, happy for. They get the tournament coming up this week. We actually start tournament broadcasts on Wednesday night. I'm excited to get to do the Otterville girls. They take on Pettisville. It's on WZOQ Radio on uh, Wednesday night. Also, Santa St. Mary's girls over on K94. Thursday night, Division Three kicks off. Spencerville and Perry on Z Sports 3. And it's an interesting matchup if the Bearcats win. They'll go to Finley on Saturday night to take on Liberty Benton at 7 o'clock. You can hear that one on Z3 if it happens as well. St. Henry goes to New Knoxville on a K94. Just a couple of the games going on that I know 100% for sure what is going on broadcast-wise. I don't know everybody's plans yet, but uh, a lot of great folks who are doing things and making sure that these girls get their uh, just due. Uh, Saturday, I'm excited. Otto Glendorf will take on either Allen East or uh, Coldwater and uh, both fascinating matchups. That one's 7 o'clock from OG on WZOQ Radio. Then next Monday, it's Fort Lormie girls. Fresh off a 74-7 win a couple of nights ago. I uh, got to do that game on Saturday afternoon, and it was it was a performance. Dana Rose, she's pretty good. They'll take on Jackson Center, Will Fort Lormie, or Fairlawn. 
on uh, Monday night at 8 o'clock. And the biggest boys game is actually going on tomorrow night as I taped this on a Monday night. If Snowmageddon 2021 lets it happen, it'll be Shawnee hosting Audeville, that on WZOQ Radio, about 7 o'clock. Speaking of Shawnee and Audeville, both ranked in the state polls this week. D1 has Lima Senior sitting just outside the top 10 at 12. D2 has Shawnee at number 2, George Mangus continues to uh, trek on. He's pretty close to 2,000 points in his career. Rossford, who had their first loss, sits at fifth. Otto Glendorf drops to uh, tie for 10th place after losing in overtime at Van Wert a couple of nights ago. Van Wert team is 9-1 and one in their last 10 after starting 0-9. D4 is just littered with teams from our area. You've got Tri-Village up top, Antwerp number two. Audeville moves up past Columbus Grove to number three. Grove drops to four. Botkins, who clinched a uh, share of their first Shelby County Athletic League title since 1993, is ranked ninth. Toledo Christian, who you heard from a couple of weeks ago, ranked 11th. Championships handed out. The Minster Boys, first outright school title in the Midwest Athletic Conference last weekend. And the Anna Girls clinched a share of the Shelby County Athletic League title. Outside of that, Monday after the season, so to speak, means a lot of girls' awards coming out. Mallory Schrader from Macomb. 13.7 rebounds, leads the uh, all-team BVC. She's actually the player of the year. Lauren Gerken from Liberty Benton. Zoe Chisholm from Corey Rawson. Reagan Pratt from Arcadia. Olivia Meals from Macomb. And Lacey Fenstermaker from PG, the first team. Lipsick's Liz Shekelhoff highlights the uh, second team on that list. Then you go to the uh, Putnam County League. Got Miller City's Abby Lommers and Natalie Koenig as the uh, two selections for the Wildcats on the uh, first team. Joined by Columbus Grove's Kenzie King, King, who was nominated and uh, ended up on the first team Northwest Conference ballot for the third straight year. He's having a terrific career at Columbus Grove. Grace Klausing for colliding back-to-back years on the first team. And the player of the year, Nikki Kadippen, for the second straight year. There have been eight times that the award for Putnam County League Player of the Year has gone to uh, the same young lady two, or in one case, three times. Nikki becomes the eighth of that group, and she's actually the fourth different player from Audeville to do it. Northwest Conference headed up by Emma Lease as the player of the year. Talked about Kenzie King. You've also got the uh, Crestview duo of Olivia Cunningham and Callie Gregory. Olivia Lindeman from uh, Delphus Jefferson having a terrific year for the uh, Wildcats. Gets on that list, and also Janae Peace from uh, Paulding. Coach of the year, Mark Gregory from uh, Crestview. On that list, just a couple of swimming notes I was able to find. Lima Seniors Grace Beck, shout out to her. 50 style, fifty freestyle record over the weekend, just under 25 seconds for the Spartans and the Coldwater Swim Relay team. It took first in the 400 freestyle last weekend. That's kind of a condensed version of some things that went on over the weekend. I hope that uh, there's even more, maybe another show of this here later on in the week as well. But be sure to check out the old episodes. There are so much good information and so many great people. Last week, the Audeville-inspired episode coming out of the OG Winter Classic and uh, Josh Turbin and Michelle Leach. Get to see both of them coming up in the next couple of days. Hopefully, Snowmageddon doesn't make that go away. But that's, uh, that's what we've got, the opening. I'm excited. Coming up here in just a few here. From Abram Cape, Buckeye Central, and then you'll hear from a quick crime break in Napoleon. You're on Around the Hearn. 
Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep-fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062 and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. Back talking uh, girls tournament basketball with Abram Cable, the head coach at Buckeye Central, the number six team in Division Four. And coach, uh, good year for you guys so far. Kind of an odd year. Talk about that with a lot of coaches of everything you've had to go through, but it seems like you're headed in the right direction going into the tournament. Um, yeah, kind of like you said, it, it has been an interesting year, just kind of in light of everything that's going on. But you know, nonetheless, we've only been quarantined one time, so we're more fortunate than. Than what other teams have been, um, and yeah, we're, we're having a good year. We're, we're currently eighteen and two. Um, we play tonight and again tomorrow morning. So um, hopefully we can you know finish the regular season on a high note. But kind of like you said, you know we're happy with the success that we've had thus far, and um, you know looking to continue to build on that as we move into you know March when you know in our opinion the real season starts. You've been able to build. You've had the really good runs the last couple of years in terms of your district. This year, things are a little bit different with the way that the tournament is set up. But, I mean, do you just look at the at the hole when you're able to do the draws and see where the lines play out? Or you just look at the first one and say, well, you know what, win that and everything will play itself out? Um. Well, you know, we were fortunate enough to get the one seed and how the – you know, when you pick your lines at the district draw, you don't really have much say, right? So you don't know where everybody else is going to go. Being the one seed, you pick your line first, and then everybody else has the options um, to kind of go where they want. So, you know, we opted to take the bye. Um, you know, one of you know my mentors always said that the bye is your reward for what you did during the regular season. So we opted to take that. Um, you know, and, and we liked our draw. Um, but again, kind of to answer your question in short is, you know, we'll take it one game at a time. Uh, we'll play the winner, excuse me, the winner of Danbury Lakeside and Mohawk. Uh, Mohawk, who we have seen twice in our conference, and Danbury, who we've gotten a little bit of film on. So hopefully we get a chance to watch that live in person. Um, and then, you know, we'll go from there, and hopefully we'll just take it one at a time. So I guess that answers your question. Now, there's never an easy answer, obviously, to this, because it's not disrespectful to anyone or anything, but is there any thought on you've seen Mohawk twice, you've beaten them handily twice of getting them a third time, you're familiar with them, you, you know what the game plan is, or getting somebody different in Danbury. I mean, does that really matter to you? No, I, I would say no as a coach. Um, you know, we'll, we'll prepare for, for each team the same way. And if it's, you know, if it happens to be Mohawk again, then, you know, maybe we're at a little bit of an advantage because we understand what they like to do. We're a little bit more familiar with their personnel. Um, you know, does that change the mindset for your kids knowing that, Hey, you know, we've already beat them twice. Um, you know, I, I think that could cause some issues to where you could, you know, being a high school kid, maybe you are a little susceptible to overlooking. Um, but then, you know, the, the there's the flip side to Danbury, which would be, you know, totally different. So, um, you know, from a coaching staff, it's hard to kind of gauge what they do on film if we wouldn't be able to see them live. So, I guess you can look at it two different ways. To me, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, we, we prepare for each team the same way. D4 has been mostly the same, one through ten in the polls this year. A couple of different changes, a couple of different number ones. 
are the teams that you look at D4, and obviously your region and your districts, the teams that you kind of expected to be there at this point, as far as people talking about and in the polls go, are they It's pretty much where you think they would be? Yeah, so based on, you know, the past couple of years and, um, you know, kind of how the, the, the season ended last year, um, I think the top two are very clear cut in Fort Laramie and Minster just a little bit that, you know, I've heard conversations of um, and I've been able to see them a little bit on TV since everybody now is, is live streaming everything. Um, but then other conversations, you know, there's a lot of, you know, familiar names that have been, you know, in that top 10, top 15 category. Um, you know, Loudonville, I know we played McDonald last year. Um, Burn Union, Peebles is, is kind of always in that conversation. So, yeah, I, I would say to answer your question, things have kind of shaken down um, for the most part as, as one would expect if you were to look at D4 and, and some of the traditional powerhouses are, are still, you know, leading the pack there. You've obviously got a lot of pride in coming home. I mean, you get to coach at your alma mater, I always love to ask coaches, does that make everything mean just a little bit more when you explain to the girls about the name on the front and the tradition and kind of getting on the same page? I think it does because it presents um, some relatability there. Now, obviously, you know, you're playing for a small, tight-knit community, um, you know, and I had the opportunity to, to be in the position that they're in, um, but then you have the ability to kind of sell that to them and you know, as now I'm removed from the boys program, I still enjoy watching them and hope them to have the same pride and, and carry on some things that, you know, we tried to do as student athletes. And then now to be in a position of, you know, coaching, you know, the girls and, and everything that comes in, I think it definitely adds a little bit more, um, I guess, excitement for me as a coach, because there's still members of the community that, you know, I want to perform well for and, um, I honestly couldn't imagine coaching for anybody else other than Buckeye Central. Well, you keep wanting it to clip you're at, they'll probably build you a statue. <laughs> well, maybe someday. That's always the hope, right? Well, as you have to, if that's not your goal, then you're <laughs> coaching for the wrong reasons. I, I know this year's been weird, and I've asked coaches about it, and, and it's been a lot of negativity in terms of it's not how we're able to do things, and, and the kids aren't getting the normal year the way they should have been, but What's been the most fun or, or kind of the thing that most positively stands out to you about this run in this season? Um, you know, to, like you said, like it has been challenging. So I guess if you, you spin it a positive way, like the mental toughness and the focus that, you know, our team has been able to display, um, you know, throughout the three and a half months that we've been in this, I think is remarkable in itself. Like we challenged ourselves with a little bit more difficult schedule than we what we have in the past. Um, so you combine that on top of, you know, COVID and rescheduling. And sometimes you don't get as much prep for some teams as you would like. Um, and for us to be 18 and two right now, I mean, that's definitely something that we're looking at, um, you know, in the glass half full type, you know, lens um, that, you know, we're extremely proud and, you know, we've shown some grit. We've shown some, you know, physical toughness and in terms of fighting through fatigue and, you know, being tired some nights and, um, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of that. So it, it's created a couple different challenges for us, and I, I like the way that we've responded to them. What's something that people might not know about your program? Now, I guess if you look at us in terms of when we play, my kids, and I wish they showed a little bit more, but we don't show a ton of emotion, 
right? We're very much, um, and that's kind of the message that we have is, is yes, we're playing a sport, but we have a job to do. And, you know, we take everything very much like a, a business type approach from when we get on the bus to away games, it's headphones in, scouters out, you're not talking. Um, and I think a lot of times we carry that same demeanor on the floor as well, uh, as well to be like, hey, you know, we have a job to do. This is my responsibility. And here's what I got to do to, you know, help us win. Um, so something that maybe not be seen is we, we do have a lot of fun. Um, you know, our, our kids are great. Our, our coaches are, you know, our coaching staff is, is fun. Um, we I feel that we have a really good balance um, of, you know, taking things serious at practice and then having our days where, you know, we get to enjoy, you know, playing the sport that we love um, and, you know, being around each other in, you know, a time where we weren't entirely sure that we were going to get this opportunity this year. So um, I think fun and a family type, you know, atmosphere is the culture that we're trying to build and, and have that, um, I guess, um, I guess culture about us is, is maybe something that people wouldn't know by looking at us um, because we are, I guess, pretty serious on the floor all the time. You've got three seniors and the one young lady, and rightly so, that everybody talks about. Taylor Ratliff broke the school's three-point record. How much – I guess how much fun is that because she's able to excel at that high level inside that program and with so much help? Yeah. Um, Taylor's been a blast to coach. You know, I've had her for three years, and she's a four-year starter for us. And breaking the school record um, is, you know, something that I guess is always a goal but not – you know, you, that's not something that she set out for. Um, and for her, in her four years, um, I was just kind of filling out stuff for District 6. And she's 89 and 14 in her four years that she's been here um, as a starting point guard. And, and obviously that's kind of, you know, the driver of the bus a little bit. And for her to do that in almost 90 wins is, is just remarkable. And, you know, she's an elite company not just in Division Four, but amongst all divisions when it comes to that type of winning percentage and the success that she's had. You know, she has, you know, three district championships in three years, um, a regional a regional championship, a regional runner-up, um, individual accolades, which I know she could care less about, the three-point record. She's approaching another one. Um, hopefully tonight or tomorrow she'll, she'll accomplish that as well. Um but, you know, she's been phenomenal for our program, not just what she's done now, but kind of the role model that she has, um, I guess, created for herself in, in terms of the younger kids looking up to her. Um, and that's who they want to be when they grow up. And, and that's how you um, form success year after year is when you, get, you have great high school kids that are awesome role models that the younger ones want to look up to and strive to be. And then that instills work ethic at the, at the lower levels. So, um, I can't thank Taylor enough for what she has done for our program in the four years that she's here. And, um, you know, we're going to enjoy the, the last couple of weeks that we have together. And hopefully, you know, we finish on a high note for her. Well, I saw her say in the newspaper, she talked a lot about Jenna Carl and about how that was the girl that she looked up to when she was younger. And it, that it's odd kind of for her to, like you said, a very humble young lady that now folks are not only mentioning she and Jenna in the same breath, but, it's so cool for her to be able to those young girls of, like you said, looking up to her. No, absolutely. Like and she probably doesn't even realize it and she probably ever won't to where, you know, the people that she looked up to, she is now that person. Um, and that kind of transitions without you even knowing. And 
like you said, extremely humble. Um, probably would never even think twice about that. And um, she's just a, a high character kid that you know does everything right, both on and off the floor, um, academically, socially, you name it. Um, couldn't ask for a better player to start my coaching career um, at the point guard position and what she's done and um, you know what she is for those younger ones to look up to. I saw that they're doing a, a Valentine's Day thing at the school today. Did anybody bring you candy? Are they bringing you some later? Uh, it's probably my coach's office. I would like to bet. <laughs> you would hope. I anyways. haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. But um, if there's not, well, there there will be conversation as to why there's not. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone will have to go out to the concession stand and get some. Exactly. Exactly. I'm sure it's a surprise if there's. If there's not it when I get there, I'm sure they're waiting for after the game or something. Well, I figure maybe they're going to leave you the roses and they'll keep your candy. Well, maybe something like that. <laughs> then I can pass them along to my girlfriend. Then they'll take me <laughs> there to you the go. this weekend. It's funny how that works. Everybody out. wins, right? Just don't, just don't tell her. Just don't tell her to listen. Fair. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. I, I hope that uh, in a couple of weeks I see you guys at the regionals with the way that the teams that we cover we get to see you. Imagine Elida. We talked about that earlier, but it's so crazy to think two weeks from now, we don't know where we're going to be. No, it is wild, but you know, kind of like we spoke before we started recording is, um, you know, every, this whole season has kind of been rolled with the punches and, um, you know, go with things on the fly. So if if we're fortunate enough, we're, we'll be happy to play anyone, anywhere, as long as, you know, we're getting a chance to do what we love and, and that's what it is. So that's what, that's what it's all about. So, I do hope uh, that opportunity presents itself. I'll say that. Well, I wish you the best luck tonight and uh, the rest of the season. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate it, man. That's Abram Cable talking about Buckeye Central Basketball. We're back here in just a few. Chris Collinsworth here. You know, retirement planning can be a little overwhelming, but there's no need to wade through the confusion on your own. At Western and Southern, we'll translate that financial jargon and give you practical solutions that fit your budget. Talk to one of our financial translators today. Hey, Bearcat fans, it's Derek Gokey at 419-905-8904. Let's work together to create your personalized financial plan to meet and exceed your goals today. Call 419-905-8904. Compensated endorser, Western and Southern Financial Group, Cincinnati, Ohio, R13-1307. Continuing to talk girls basketball, the uh, coach of the number two team in the state in Corey Kreinbrink, and I love the story. I've gotten to see your team a couple of times on TV. It's been a couple of years since I've seen them in person. You might play, I should say you do play, at one of the most beautiful facilities in the entire state. Yeah, you know, the Grand Canyon is, uh, we get spoiled and it can be easy to take for granted, but um, you go around to different gyms and, and different facilities and um, you kind of, you realize uh, how good we have it. And, and we're very fortunate and very blessed to not only have a great facility, but to, we've got uh, community support um, that, that rivals you know, anyone across the state. So uh, to play in that facility and the community support that we have, um, it's something that, that we were that we uh, greatly cherish. And it's a very unique venue as well. That was the thing that struck me the first time I went there when Napoleon and OG played. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, it's, you walk in and kind of, you can walk down the steps and um, it's, there's a lot of space. It's a real big, big building and a big area. So um, to, to be able to have that space and um, to be around to, to watch a game, uh, it makes it a unique situation and, um, I think it makes it for a comfortable environment for fans. 
Speaking of watching games tonight, huge game for you. Kind of a different way to wrap up the season with the NLL tournament. But, I mean, it, it's just so much fun. You get that tournament before you get into the big tournament. Yeah. Uh, you know, we you know, our league, the Northern Lakes League, you know, came, ran into some um, issues at Lucas County. You know, our health department uh, made an order to, to shut down you know, school athletics for for six weeks, and you know that really put a damper uh, on on our league. We have five teams in Lucas County, so uh, we had to get creative. I thought the league did a great job of of instead of playing a, a double round, we're just playing a single round with a, a league tournament. Uh, but we're huge fans of it at Napoleon. Uh, but for us, uh, a league tournament um, in in all sports um, uh, allows us for for I think better parity. And better matchups, you know, late in the season for a lot of teams. Uh, our league has a lot of kind of has some a lot of gaps competitively. For the top half and and the bottom half, uh, there's a big gap with competitiveness. So uh, instead of everybody having to play each other twice, you can you can kind of have um, you know the better teams play each other, and then you know, the teams that maybe are struggling or at a different point in their program rebuilding, um, they can play each other well. So uh, a more competitive games, I think, towards the end of the year, which which I think everybody wants. You've got seven seniors, a lot of upperclassmen who were back from last season, and there's so much that gets said. And I, I know there will probably be a book at some point about your last season just because of the oddity of being on the floor in Columbus and being told, we're not going to play today, your season is over. How do you how do you sort of put that in a box? I mean, how long did that stay with you afterwards? Um, I mean, it's still there. I mean, that's going to be – I think that's going to be something that's part of uh, myself and anybody a part of that team, uh, and really everybody. To, it's a community. It's it's, it's going to be uh, ingrained in our memories. I think forever. Um, it's just it's, it was such a surreal moment uh, when it was going on. It was something that was unimaginable at the time, and and we've and so many things have happened in the past, really the past year. So um, it's it's something that will always be part of that team and um, a part of the history of really the world but uh, the history of sports in the state and and obviously so many other sports were impacted by that as well you just unveiled what a week or so ago the new banner that's up in the gym for the girls yes uh um just the other night actually there's uh we got a, a team picture 27-0 and um reaching the state final four it's again it's just so crazy because i, I was so looking forward to being down there i actually was in the car on the way to Columbus when they called and said, yeah, you probably shouldn't go to Columbus. There's no reason for you to be there. I can't just imagine you having to go out to the girls or even walking out to them and the thought process of, what am I even going to say to them? Yeah, well, I mean, actually, the we actually played the second game. Um, Dayton Carroll and Beloit uh, West Branch were, were warming up. They played the first game. So they stopped their warm-up with about 15 minutes left. And we actually, um, our kids were back in the hotel. They couldn't come to the arena until um, still a little later, about halftime of that first game. So um, they were back in the hotel, and and it was the year 2020. Everything was on Twitter and social media, so they already knew. Um, so uh, we just we got them. We went back to the hotel. Me and the assistant coach there were allowed to scout that first game. Um, and our, our biggest thing was it was just a postponement at the time. Um, so we were trying to hang on to that as long as possible. And um, it was kind of a slow 
um, slow burn, you know, through the next couple of weeks, we kind of, you kind of came to the realization that, that those games weren't going to happen. So, um, again, it's a, it's a very surreal moment. Uh, I'm very proud of the kids of, of how they handled everything. Um, to say that wasn't an easy situation, uh, I think is an understatement, but, uh, I thought they handled it tremendously as well as they could, um, given the circumstances. I know I've talked to Mike Wissettminster and Carly Siegel of Fort Lormie about this. They were each kind of going down. They were on the bus, and Minster went and made a family meal out of it and were able to sort of soak up what ended up being those last couple of hours. Did you guys do anything similar like that just to sort of keep the girls' spirits up? Because that's not a short drive back to Napoleon. Yeah, we we, uh, you know, we went out, out to eat. I think we went to B-Dubs that night, which was our plan anyway. Um, so we stuck to that plan, and um, we stayed still stayed at the hotel that night, that Thursday night, and then um, the next day we we kind of found our way into St. John Arena um, and took a couple pictures, and, um, and that was really neat for the girls to see that because most of them have never have never been in there. So um, we did make a little bit of a trip out of it. Uh, when we got back, we got a really a nice welcoming from from the whole city. Uh, really, when we got back into Napoleon that that next day on Friday, so. Um, yeah, we did a little, uh, we did, you know, make, make a trip out of it. We didn't just drive back, uh, to Napoleon. And, um, and, you know, at the time, you don't know that, that it's your last time that you're really going to be together as a team, but, uh, we knew that, that there was a chance that was going to happen. A couple of weeks later, girls end up on Sports Center with the just amazing idea that Scott Van Pelt has about senior night. Uh, how does that come about? Um, but he just, they started, um, you know, Scott Van Pelt, they started, just taking requests and, and different stories. There's there were so many across um, the whole you know nation, and um, we had a number of people from the area send in our story. And um, you know, I saw that Tri Valley, the team we were supposed to play, the resident Tri Valley was on there. And um, that next day, I I, I went ahead and, and tweeted it uh, at SVP that that that's the team we were supposed to play and our story and. Um, somehow, however many stories they have to go, they had to go through. Um, they they landed on ours that night, and um, it was pretty cool to, to see that. And it was only about ten seconds, but um, it's still pretty neat to, to see that on on national TV. And, and Scott Van Velt talking about it, who um, I've had a lot of respect for for really just the whole time he's been on. People who might not know, your dad is the long term coach at Lipsick and he's coming up on 500 wins in his career. You get normally, I would imagine, a little bit of basketball talk, a little bit of kind of, I'll use the term fatherly advice of maybe what you should right. should or shouldn't have done in games, but how how was he able to sort of, I would imagine he had to talk you down a little bit about the whole situation because that's not even anything in, in the time that he's been a coach that he's had happen. Yeah, I mean, no one's really ever had been, been experienced that, so... Um... There were so many unknowns at the time, and there's there's not just with with sports and athletics, but just with everything, and and so many unknowns about COVID nineteen and exactly well, what the dangers were, or who was at risk, and, and everything else. So um, I think it was more of just trying to gather information at that point, and um, as time goes goes on, um, um, you know, you, you just come to the realization. So. Um, you try to cherish it as much as possible and try to remember the whole season and, and not just how it ended. And, you know, they've, they've, my, both my parents have, have been tremendous supporters of our basketball program and, um, and, and they've been trying to do whatever I can to, to try to remember last year because, um, it's not something that comes around 
very often. The girls that are back for this year, how much was everything of just continuing the status quo of what you have built and finishing the, the job from last year? How much was that a motivator for them with the run you've been on this year? Yeah, I mean, we've had a group. We have a group that, that works really hard, so um, they didn't need a huge amount of outside motivation. You know, obviously, when you feel like you didn't get a chance to, to finish the season or, or get some closure either way, uh, that that was just added motivation. Um, you know, our, our mentality all year was was trying to get to a point where we're playing our best basketball for tournament and and to be able to, to play our our strongest basketball, both offensively and defensively, once the tournament starts. And that's kind of been our mentality all year. Uh, we've we've scheduled some really really good teams, and um, we've had one of probably the toughest schedules that we've ever had in Napoleon um, going into the season with the mindset of we need to use those games to get better. So um, well, we already had a hard working group, but I think um, the ending of last year I think uh, certainly gave us some extra motivation for for a lot of our kids. I love the recognition that you're getting. You were uh, right on. I think tied number one at one point. Now number two in the polls this week. If anybody puts stock into those, but. Um, it, it's great to see people are paying attention. People are seeing, and not just, oh, poor them, let's vote for them because of last year, of what you're doing at a very high level. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I listened to the Highland game when I was in between my two games, and I can only imagine what that would have been like with a packed building because I was in the car hanging on every shot. Yeah, I mean that's we've talked about that. That was a crazy couple of weeks. The end of the crazy couple of weeks for us. Uh, we went to the classic in the country, um, played Rocky River, Magnificat, had to come back. Um, the schedule change, we played Perrysburg the next night um, at home, and then we played Sylvania Northview the next week um, again at home, and then then we had our um, own Highland at the end of that week, and um, you know all of those games were were very intense, and we, we had probably maybe a hundred to hundred thirty people. Um, on our side, and, and it felt like 1,300. So um, to, to play in those atmospheres the way it is now was, was certainly exciting and intense. And um, you know, I can only imagine if it would have been a packed house. We had packed houses last year. Um, unfortunately, we, we won't exactly know for sure. But, um, yeah, it would have been it would have been a heck of an environment uh, you know, had we been able to have a, a full-capacity crowd. Your senior class responsible for over 80 wins. They've put 23 in a row in conference games, three district titles, a couple of conference titles and a regional title. What's special about this group? They really care about each other. I mean, they work extremely hard, and but they really care about each other. They care about winning. Um, that they, it's an unselfish group. Uh, they, they like to be around each other. Uh, and and they've, they've got some talent and some athletic ability that, that you can't teach a coach. So um, I think all of those mixed in um, makes it a really special group. Um, it, you can have a lot of teams have good players, uh, but that, the the mix of their work ethics and their just their caring personalities and and how much they like to be around each other, I think that that really molds us into our our team chemistry that we have, which I think is really strong. You get the uh, top seed, and I always joke, I always call it the WBL Invitational, with the way that it, it's most of the Western Buckeye League in your district. You get the the home game this year with either Relida or Defiance. Is that a huge? I mean, getting to play at home is obviously an advantage, but a huge advantage for you getting ready for the tournament of thinking, all right, we're going to host, and then we're going to kind of see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it'll be different. It's never happened before in Northwest Ohio to host a sectional final, so 
Um, it is a little bit different. There are some different distractions that come up with a home game, um, but and you know, really playing an away game is, is sometimes can can be almost easier at times, uh, especially in a tournament atmosphere. But uh, you know, to be able to play at home, I think, is a nice um, nice thing to, to add to our season. And uh, we know obviously it'll be our, our last home game, and to to be able to kind of stay around home, and and we got a whole week to, to kind of get ourselves ready to go for. Saturday, um, I think uh, that will be a, a, a good time for us to, to really hone in and try to tighten some screws and um, get, get ourselves ready to go uh, to, to hopefully play well Saturday and, and hopefully have a chance to keep playing after that. Well, between the uh, the virtual tournament and over the phone on the draws and having one game at home, I, I guess the good news is you two trips to Paulding. Oh yeah, yeah, well, yeah. We um, we did actually did a phone conference last year um, with our t- tournament season, so we have a, that was adjusted before all of this. Um, but yeah, not not everything um, resulting from uh, the COVID nineteen has has been terrible. So um, I think there'll be there'll be less in person meetings um, with a lot of the, the zooms and the Google Meets uh, and the virtual meeting stuff. So um, if there's if there's any kind of way to save time for coaches and uh, being on the road and traveling for, for an hour each way. Um, I think I think all coaches will be for that. Hey, I figured I've asked enough negative things over the years about this whole thing that I had to come up with some kind of ray of sunshine. Yeah, there's always there's got to be a silver lining somewhere. Maybe that, that's that's our one silver lining is we, we have a Zoom meetings instead of driving 45 minutes somewhere. How much uh, have you thought, or I, I realize D two D four, and that it's a different in sizes, but of you know getting to play against your old dad, and and what what would happen if you guys did? Um, we've scrimmaged uh, the first four or five years. Uh, I guess for the first four years I was in Napoleon, we scrimmaged. Um, for whatever reason, you can ask him for the last two years. He hasn't wanted to scrimmage us. Uh, <laughs> he didn't bring it up. So, um, um, but now I, I've said the one team will never play is Lipsick, Um just, just because um, I know it would be neat for a lot of people and it would be neat for us. But um, that's just I – don't, I don't know how that situation would go. That would be, that'd be such a weird environment for – Probably both of us, but uh, for particularly be, be weird for me. So um, I don't. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Uh, that we never really talked about it. We've talked about a playing a foundation game um, very shortly, uh, and then that never happened. But uh, a scrimmage might be the, be the most thing most that, that we're going to get into as far as competitively against each other. Well, I think it makes it easier for mom not to have to be in the middle. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what side she would sit on, so I don't want to put her in a tough situation. Ha- kind of one of those half T-shirt things. She's got the two sewn together. That's Napoleon. Yeah, Lipsick. she actually does the. She does the book for lipstick, so um, I would have to come up with some rule where she won't be able to do the book. <laughs> yeah, right. You could just. Uh, oh, sorry, we've had you fired. Yeah, yeah well, just for one game. Um, no moms can do the book for the opponents. Right. Uh, make that rule on Napoleon. <laughs> that would be awesome. I I would wish you best of luck in Christmas after any year of that. Yeah, yeah, that's that. We have to make sure we do it in January, or February. Right, right. Before she forgets about it before next year. <laughs> yeah. What's uh rest of the season? Obviously, you've got a big game tonight. What's been the most positive thing or the most fun thing that maybe people wouldn't realize for you getting to be around this team? Um, just their just positive energy that they always have, and um, you know, I've I've learned that I gotta, uh, uh, I've learned I can't I can't doubt them. 
uh, with uh, our schedule in January and, and the way those games were lined up and when did we play them uh, was a tremendous challenge. I never would have thought uh, we'd ever be able to get through the, the month of January and, and win all those games. And they just come to, they just come to work every day. Um, they have the mentality that to come and get better every day. And um, when you have a group that's bought in like that, uh, and you have a group that just wants to get better together and um, be together and, and keep working together, uh, and it makes it easy and makes it fun to, to be around, and it makes it um, more enjoyable to to spend those long hours and and spend all that time in the gym and preparing for the next game. Um, it gives you a little more motivation when you've got a lot of kids that, that really care about each other and really care about doing things well. Not looking forward, but just kind of as a whole, is there a team outside of Napoleon in this district you look at and go, they are a problem for a myriad of reasons? Yeah, I think there's really five or six teams. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we're going to have Eli in defiance you know, right away. And the Toledo Central Catholics on our side of the bracket is a very talented team. You know, Van Wert is a team that's um, had, had showed signs of being really good. They play really hard. You know, Shawnee has a lot of talent. I know they're young, um, but they have potential to do a lot of things. And then, you know, Bath, Bryan, St. Mary's are all on the other side. Um, they're all capable of doing different things. They're all kind of in the same mold of they've got multiple kids that can make plays, and they don't depend on just one or two people to do everything that you can take out of a game. So, um, you know, there, there's no one that, that we're looking past. Uh, we're well aware that, uh, that any given night, think anybody can beat anybody so there's a lot of um really good teams in our district i think it's one of the better districts uh in division two in the state and from top to bottom and you know outside of those teams i just named you know, rogers who i don't nobody really knows about because they've only played two games but they're big and athletic and they've got two freshman guards um that, that can make plays as well so there's a lot of different teams i think there's a lot of parity in our district this year um and it's certainly going to be a challenge for anybody to get through all of it I thought the Rodgers one was especially interesting when I saw the way the the lines came out that as a group of coaches, that despite the fact that they had barely played, you as a group had so much respect for what they can be, what they can do, that they still ended up with a seven. Yeah, I mean, one of their two wins was against the Toledo Star team. That's, that's really talented and really good. So um, they did have that in there. Um, but yeah, their, their previous their past history of the tournament and kind of what their team is going to look like, um, you, you got to take that into account. Um, and you know, they're, they're going to have good players, uh, and, and they're big and athletic. And, you know, some of the kids they've had back last year from a district runner up, um, team over in Lake. So, um, you know, you got to take all of that stuff into account. It was a weird year to try to vote and, and put teams in a certain order, but, um, I think people kind of, kind of, knew that they were, even though they only played a couple games, um, they're they're not a, a pushover team by any means. Yeah, so you're kind of like an AP poll voter. You just kind of just... Yeah, I, I guess so, yeah. I, I still put Ohio State 11th, so <laughs> I guess uh, like you call me uh, Dabo Sweeney that way. I'm a Florida State fan. I can't talk about polls anymore. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's just not going to go well. I, uh, I, I've enjoyed it. I'm, I'm glad we are finally able to figure this out and to be able to do this and I wish you guys nothing but the best tonight and going forward. All right. Thank you, Michael. I really appreciate you having us on. And, um, you know, we we certainly pay a lot of attention to, to the teams in south, down south of us, OG and the WBL. And, and um, we we really like your coverage and, and everybody's coverage uh, uh, down there. And, and, and obviously, coming from Whipsick, um, I know it's, it's, a, 
it's an area where, where communities and people really like their high school sports. So um, it's awesome to, to be a part of that. Well, I am, I'm happy we're able to do this. The Napoleon head coach and uh, Corey Kreinbrink back with more here in just a few. Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kitzel Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. And we're here proud to represent the greatest products on American Road, Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. No matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years and will be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Durban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. And as always, big thanks to uh, Lee Kinsel and to Big E for all they do and all that they uh, help me do with this podcast and with so many other things. The uh, business of the week right there on West Urban Road in Van Wert, LeeKinsel.com. So many great things that they are responsible for in the world of sports and just can't thank them enough. Tell Big E, hey, hit him up on the Twitter, hit him up on Facebook as well. See who the uh, salesman of the week is and I hope that you've enjoyed this show. Uh, big thanks again to the coaches for being a part of it. That's what I've got. I'm all the way out of here. I'm going to go try to stay warm. I hope you do so as well. Stay safe, stay warm, be smart, and have a great night. Here I go. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.